Welcome to the Synergy Podcast. I am Cody Phillips, and thanks for joining us. Today, I'm excited to tell you that we have Joseph Kellogg with us today. And Joseph was with us last February at our Synergy Youth Leaders Conference, and he really talked about small groups in his super session. Uh, He's been with us for many of our other events as well, but he is also a former OIM intern. But now, Joseph serves as the student pastor for seven student ministries at the Oaks in Dallas, Texas. And he leads and develops the weekly seven experience, seven small groups, and the yearly events like the all-nighter, retreats, their seven camp, and missions trips. Uh, With over 15 years of ministry experience, Joseph has definitely seen the ups and downs and transitions of ministry. So in today's episode, we discuss some of those ups and downs and transitions, such as lessons learned from previous leaders, creating a culture of unity in your student ministry, and how to project that and to serve the local church, and how his definition of ministry has changed over the years. So don't let me waste any more of your time, and let's get to the interview with Joseph Kellogg. So Joseph, I just want you to just give our listeners a few a few thoughts and a few quick bits of ministry wisdom. But first, like, just tell us where you're at, how you got there, what you're doing now, what's next, how'd you start off in ministry? No, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, I was going to say for me, um, I've been a youth pastor now 15 years, um, started out uh, at a youth, um, ministry in Oklahoma city. Uh, South point is the name of the church now, but it was grace assembly, um, there and started out, man, just doing loving life was single, just doing ministry, working, you know, working my butt off, trying to reach students really had a, a hunger to reach students. And we saw it happen quickly. I'm talking, we saw our student ministry grow from a little over 30 to 60 in a matter of like two months, just because we were out hustling and, and trying to reach students. And, mm-hmm. um, and was there for three years. God did incredible things there. Then I uh, spent the next six years in Broken Arrow at the Assembly of Broken Arrow. And, uh, man, really loved our time there. Really started, um, for me, maturing. I, I become a dad um, there. Like, you know, just everything about that season was very rich for me. And um, what was cool there is we saw our student ministry literally triple in our time there, but not just in attendance, but in health. And so really started getting excited at the end of that season for me, almost nine years in youth ministry of really starting to realize what student ministry is really all about. And um, that it's not just about the weekly attendance, but it's about the the weekly life change in students' life and seeing students become young adults and live for Jesus after high school. And now I've spent my last six years uh, at the Oaks Fellowship in South Dallas. And so that's kind of um, my youth ministry kind of yeah. tenure in the 15 years. And, man, I've been learning so much at the Oaks. Um, we get the opportunity to train leaders and send them into ministry. And, um, man, just the way we're doing ministry, still learning. You know, a lot of people will ask, man, 15 years is a long time. And I just usually say I just still haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. So I'm really working hard to just, man, really do what God's wanting us to do and, and – um, 
man, have a healthy student ministry and, you know, health brings life to others and life to, you know, um, and fruit that remains as the Bible would say. And so, man, we're still striving for that. And so it kind of keeps me in the game, keeps me on my, on my toes and just constantly trying to not just do what I used to do, but, but working really hard to, to see what God's wanting us to do as we move forward, um, and, and student ministry in the years to come. So that's kind of me in a quick, fast, you know, version, but I am a dad. I am a, you know, uh, a husband and, um, I get the opportunity to travel and, and, Mm. you know, communicate and also develop leaders. And so all those things kind of make who I am, you know, you see while you were at the assembly, you've been at three churches. What what is one lesson you've learned from each senior pastor or lead pastor or, yeah, I think, um, you know, first off, I had a couple of pastoral transitions. So that was interesting. You know, it's so my first um, church, our pastor transition. And so I kind of had to walk through that season of no pastor. Um, my first pastor, I think, you know, um, I had to learn. It's not really what I learned from him, but what I had to learn about myself, that he was in a unique season in his life. And I had to, I, his vision for the student ministry was limited so I had, as a young leader, had to spend a lot of time in prayer because if I was to just match his passion, our student ministry wouldn't have grown. And so, but as a young leader, I, I really had to struggle um, with honoring my pastor at the same time, really trying to push student ministry forward. So I learned a lot just simply in my age and my maturity and so much of my first three yeah. years uh, was such a kind of boot camp for me. Um, a grind of learning how to support my pastor and learning, you know, um, uh, learning how to, to, to move ministry forward at the same time, walking under the vision there. Um, how, did, how did you do that? Gosh, lot. I know there's a lot of youth pastors right now that their pastors have limited vision for student ministry and they want to just reach every kid in the high school, reach every kid in the middle school. But how, how did you manage to, submit to authority serve your leadership but at the same time okay let's be all in right now i think i think there's certain things sometimes ultimately a pastor does want kids to come to the student right. ministry so i had to um but the pastor wasn't saying hey do this yeah so i literally had to pray and and put a plan together i had to start putting leader meetings together to help my leaders get the vision and um mm. what was hard was you know, in those seasons, and again, and I'll tell you as my story kind of progresses, is I started learning that actually it's actually not super healthy for the the youth pastor to have more vision than the pastor, hmm. because my job is to serve the pastor. Yeah. It's the pastor's job yeah. to he's the one that's called to that church, who's called to um, that community. The youth pastor is called to the pastor. Yeah. And and I think what happens is, um, man, when you are trying to do more and you know so i had to i had to just learn you know there's a couple of different books you know the thing about 360 um leadership by maxwell um uh, there's a, a book about reverse mentoring um that is really great of just like there's a way that you can um it, it lead up and so yeah. for me it was getting books and handing them books and you know but that my first few years I paid my own way not even the church budget to go to conferences. Wow. I was hungry to learn and grow and I wasn't going to allow someone else to stunt that growth. Um and to be honest, 
me growing as a leader was helping my pastor, yeah. but I did things that I, you know, he had prayer at his house on Tuesday mornings. I went to that prayers, me and a couple mm. of other guys <laughs> in the church. It wasn't, I didn't, it didn't have to go. Right. So I found ways to try to do life up close to my pastor, even though he didn't invite me. Mm. It was me trying to, the, the more I was with him in proximity, the new things I was learning could hopefully help encourage him. Right. Um, cause in th- that season, that pastor, he was really discouraged too. And, you know, and, and eventually, um, the church transitioned him out of being the lead pastor. And that was a tough thing to go through as being in my role. But, you know, as a young youth pastor, I was just trying my best to, to support him. And I really did have to pray a lot. It literally was, there were true moments that was kind of like that relationship with David and Saul. And I had to just continue to just be faithful and serve my leader because that's the, the person that God put over me. So yeah, it was difficult, you know? Um, But I look back and know it was a test for me. Um, hmm. cause if I couldn't have handled that, God wouldn't put me in the situations that I'm in right. today. Um, that God could trust me with honoring the man of the house. Yeah. And, uh, it, even in my time in broken arrow, you know, um, I went through a pastoral transition there, a pastor under moral failure. And, um, that was something that is a part of my story that, that has shaped me. Hmm. Um, I say it probably saved my marriage, even though I don't think my marriage was going in a bad direction, but it helped me recalibrate right. what was the most important. And, um, but I learned so much from my, my pastor that, that hired me there at Broken Arrow, just about leadership, about care. He would always um, come up on a Thursday and just spend 15, 20 minutes in my office, just, hey, how's life? And, and I still do that today. My team would mm-hmm. tell you that around Thursday, it's just kind of intuitive for me now that around Thursday, I'll, I'll find my way around, you know, some of my staff's desk and around my interns and, and just kind of shooting the breeze with yeah. them. But it meant a lot to me because it just showed that he was not just interested in my productivity. He was interested in the, the person that I was. And um, mm. so that was something I really learned from him. Um, and then, you know, the, the, our second pastor there um, at the assembly, who's still there, is doing an amazing job. You know, for me, he kind of brought in some new strategy that I got excited about to kind of, you know, he was really focused on trying to get people in the right lanes and just the different kind of structure and ministry I was learning. And and uh, that pastor's always been very intricate in um, evangelism and outreach. And so, you know, learn some things there from him. And then, man, my pastor now, I'm learning every single day um, because he is such a, he's a, he understands leadership, but he understands spiritual leadership and how the, um, the, the practical and the, um, and the prophetic kind of work together. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been, I, I feel like every day I'm in school with yeah. him and learning and, and, um, and, you know, taking notes and what I've realized in all of my, so I've worked for five pastors. The number one thing I've realized is, um, it's easier I'm trying to say this without, um, being disloyal to leadership. It's easier to work for what I found in 15 years, five youth pastors, three churches, when you work with a pastor that's been an associate mm-hmm. pastor, it's just a game changer. They get you. And um, and so I've realized there's a difference in a guy that's never been. And so I've had two of my pastors that had never been like an associate, never been a youth pastor, yeah. never. And, uh, and it's tough because sometimes it's like they didn't understand the pain I was going through. But now it's it's so awesome. The guys mm-hmm. I've worked through that with – um, that have been youth pastors, man, it's just so much fun because like my pastor was a youth pastor for 11 years. So there's moments he looks at me and he knows, man, I know what you're going through yeah. and I uh, can help me kind of walk through some of those things at the same time though. He knows that he's not the youth pastor. That was a long time ago and he wants me to be the youth pastor. Um, but I always something, and, and again, we're just kind of talking here, but 
I honor uh, my pastor, something I've been doing now, probably the second half of my ministry. Um, our pastor preaches a couple times a year in our student ministry. Hmm. Um, we want we want them to realize that he's the pastor of the church because if I see student ministry more than seven years yeah. of fun and games and, and services and camps and mission trips, but really see it as a launching pad into a student living for God the rest of their life, they have to be attached to the Big C Church. And so, again, my maturity over time has helped me realize that but so i want them attached to my pastor that's their pastor and even like i we put our church logo on a lot of our shirts because that's the logo i want them attached to um not our youth ministry because they're gonna 100 percent of our students every single year you know we they're always gonna graduate and so you have to be thinking with the end in mind How, how do they respond to that it's not the old man coming in grabbing the microphone and telling what's wrong with this generation but how do they respond to it? We're just a branch of the Oaks or the assembly or yeah, how I, have you been able to create a culture of unity, I guess is the word I'm looking yeah, for. I, I think, I think intentionality and in everything we do from little things like the t-shirts uh, on, on, you know, the logos on the t-shirts from um, what we do and, and what we communicate Sunday mornings. We don't have Sunday school. We don't do any of that. We say, that we're here to serve the local church. Literally, it's it's mm-hmm. a we have a banner. It's one of our culture statements. Um, we serve the local church, and so our students know on Sunday, we hmm. we serve in kids, we serve in media, we serve in, in guest services. Um, we're pushing them to that Sunday experience, yeah. and there's intentional stuff we do. Even like we have you know had kind of a camp service on a Sunday morning. Uh, you know, there's intentional things mm-hmm. we do to try to bring our student ministry. It's how do we move Wednesday to the weekend? We're constantly trying to move students from yeah. Wednesday to the weekend. And, um, and so it's, how do we do that? Just constant, you know, constant communication, you know, our teams around our pastor a lot. So our staff's around them and, and my pastor sometimes will defer and say, Hey, I'm good. You know, I don't need to talk, but it's, it's at least constantly we're given that opportunity. Right. And I refer to my pastor. So as I am, I'm talking about my spiritual journey, I I'm constantly honoring him and, and referring to this is what Pastor Scott said, and and even some of our teachings, I'm talking it's it's based on what Pastor Scott's already taught. Yeah. So if we can have a common language, people see that oh man, Joseph and Scott are the same mm-hmm. instead of well, this is Joseph's idea and Scott's idea. Um, so to be under leadership, it really helps us um, be over leadership. And so yeah, yeah I mean it, it's it's taken time, but it's cultivated, it's intentionality, yeah. and. Um, and, and again, my pastor is very thankful for it, but I think it's a true sign of the health of a student ministry when it's actually about the Sunday experience. Yeah. You know, you talked about, and I'll, I'll reference it as a tipping point, but while you were at Broken Era at the assembly, uh, you said something changed in you and youth ministry changed in you. Can you just walk us through how that worked, um, that the definition of ministry just changed? I think, I think a couple things. I think my age had to do mm-hmm. something with that. I I um I had a couple of crazy moments, man. We had one we had our one of our biggest events that literally we had almost a thousand. We had like nine hundred and something on a Wednesday night, and um, that same week we had a, a former student um, OD in his freshman year of college. He um, overdosed, and um, and so in that same time frame as I'm getting ready for this big event, I'm going up to a funeral home, and uh, mm. you start going, man, is is really having a lot of kids on a Wednesday night, is that the, is that success? Now, again, we need to reach people. It's what God called yeah. us to do, but you start kind of recalibrating what's important. And, um, 
so for us that was a big deal um same thing you know my last year in broken arrow we had a, we had a student commit suicide a 16 year old mm. and um you start thinking man what what's really important yeah here? and so for me it's it was less about hype and more about hope and um mm. and us being super intentional about thinking about the end game so man you know with small groups with our missions you know and and even at the oaks we, it took us some time to to move some things that programs that weren't that programs that were about students in the sense of their self instead of about God. And so it's taken us some time to move towards that. But I think some of that's my maturity. Once you become a dad, there's some things that change. And, and, uh, and then at the same time, like you start realizing what's the most important thing. And really it's how is, how am I helping this student become a better husband? So when you mm -hmm. preach a message, yeah. you're thinking, how's this message going to help this 13-year-old um, be a better better um, dad one day? Yeah. It changes. And so instead of like, man, how do I get them to reach? Because a lot of times we use students mm -hmm. for our own selfish gain. I'm just going to help you. I need you <laughs> so to go you reach your, your friends, friends so I can have a really yeah. great Instagram picture with hundreds of kids <laughs> here. And in reality, how am I helping this kid reach his potential and wow. be everything God's called them to be? How can I be more destiny focus with their life and and speak life into that and so now man when i communicate i want students to walk away and go you know what pastor joseph really loves me and uh and cares about who i am and, and what god's wanting to do in my life instead of like pastor joseph's just trying to use me to get more kids mm, here you know yeah. and and they know the difference kids can gosh they can see through fake so fast and so I think the big change was just that of just me realizing what's the most important, focusing on something that we call the numbers that matter. So it's, you know, first time guests, salvations, water baptisms, kids going on mission trips, kids giving to <laughs> missions. So that Wednesday attendance can go up and down, but my identity is not in that. It's the things yeah. that are really helping students grow um, long term. Even right now, we're trying to help students tithe. So what mm. if how can I help the, the church long term is to have students not just given an offering, but actually become tithe tithers you know we talked about moving from event event giving to extravagant giving and so yeah that's a part of it man yeah i've, I've got i know we're running short on time i got two more questions okay. for you i don't want to really talk about the young adult single youth pastor guy but if you could tell a youth pastor that's transitioning seasons he feels kind of like okay my ministry's been wear, worn down i'm not being creative anymore i'm losing imagination I'm losing motivation uh what what would you say to that guy he's not hitting the number he wants to hit he knows it's not about height but about hope like you said but you still have that in the back of your mind of well i i still have to produce i still yeah. have to do this and i'm just not getting it i think it may be time to hang it up what would you tell that youth pastor that's good because for me in 15 years there's probably been a couple of moments like that and um i think a few things i think you need to surround yourself with teenagers again i think to see what really you know, I think when you hang around teenagers, you start getting creative again. Yeah. And you realize why you do this. Um, even for me, it's about discipling one or two teenagers that you go, oh, man, this is really what it's about. Um, and the, the Jesus answer, you know, is for me, it's creativity really comes from from spending time with Jesus and, and praying in the spirit yeah. and, and really saying, God, what's the God idea? Because God ideas trump good ideas all the time. And so that's the spiritual side of it. But the practical side of it is surround yourself with guys that are doing it better than you. Still today, even though people would look at us and go, man, you guys really have a big <laughs> ministry and everything's, dude, I am constantly surrounding myself with guys 
that are doing it better than me. Yeah. And and I'm learning from them. And now I'm not comparing myself to them because right. that's them. They have different budgets than me. They have different buildings. They have different pastors. But I can learn. I'm talking. I screenshot. I'm talking. I have a in my phone. I have a uh, you know a uh, a folder in my photos called Church Creative, and it's me screenshotting things that are happening around the mm-hmm. nation, around the yeah. globe to learn from and, and not to copy, but to see, man, that's that's a cool idea. What can we do with that? So I, I think surrounding yourself with the right people that are life givers. You know, I always say this, it's hard to burn out when you're stacking the wood. And what I mean by stacking the wood is reading the word. Um, and when you have people in your life that are fanning the flames. So mm-hmm. surround yourself with people that are going, hey, that's a great idea. That Not yes people, but people that are speaking life. And so I have guys that I get text messages from all the time. They're 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 breathing life into the fire that God's, God's you know, and so it's really hard to burn out when I have, man, I'm constantly in the word and people are speaking into the the stuff that we're doing. And and sometimes it's it's taking a break. I'm talking, I've had moments that, you know, usually in youth ministry, you can't take a sabbatical, but I'm talking in Broken Era, I went and spent three days at a, at a, at a monastery just to get alone and hear from God with mm-hmm. a, note ba- uh, a notebook. Um, I've taken days where I've taken all day long, like on my day off, where I've spent like half my day at Panera Bread, half of it at Starbucks, just hearing from the Lord, writing things down. And so sometimes you have to get out of your normal routine to kind of get a, a new breath and to change it up, you know, sometimes why you don't have a new idea because you keep leaning on the old ones. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last, last question. I, now I have 100 more, but I know we're running short on time. So I'd love to – I want to do this again. But last question, what is the book you would gift to people the most and why? Of If there's one book that's saying you need to read this. You have your interns. You have your staff me or Doug or really anybody gosh um it's crazy because this isn't like a um it's not self-promotion for my pastor but I think to myself a book that's really impacted me is Pastor Scott's book Ready Set Grow and really it's challenging you kind of like we were talking about the earlier question are there's three kind of people. There's a doer, an equipper, and a multiplier. Why a lot of churches and student ministries stay small is because the pastor and the youth pastor, they're doers. Right. Jesus was a multiplier. And um, so that book, Ready, Set, Grow, essential, uh, I think, for helping. And it's really challenging you to be a, a be someone that's growing and helping other people's grow. And so that would be probably a book that I would I would hand someone pretty quick because I think it's really going to help them. And then a book that I've read my first year in youth ministry that I, I still, our interns read, you know, probably every other year um, is uh, Andy Stanley's um, Next Generation Leader. Um, just a really good book, Practical Leadership. You only said one, and I'll give you my third one, is... Um, <laughs> is a book that, man, that, that I've had for years, but just actually read this last year, and it changed me. And um, even speaking to the early question about how to serve a leader is, um, is uh, gosh, Tell of Three Kings. Yeah. And so, man, I think those three books would kind of give a, a, a well-rounded, you know, um, you know, Ready, Set, Grow by Scott Wilson, um, Next Generation Leader by Andy Stanley, and then Tell of Three Kings. And, gosh, those would be pretty good. But, and then also my favorite author is Mark Batterson. <laughs> and so I read Batterson stuff for me individually. Right. And so All In inspires me. I'm talking The Circle Maker inspires me. So I always say when it comes to reading, you need to have like, um, you know, 
you need to have a balance. So I read what I call like leadership books, um, Christian living books that are there for me. I read student ministry books today. It's the field I'm in. Yeah. I need to be reading up on student ministry and what's happening. So I read books about adolescence and, and trends mm. that are happening in, in kids' lives. And then the Bible. So four books <laughs> that literally for me, it's like, man, you know, hey, leadership. And when I put leadership, it's like I read some mar- I read marketing books. I read a lot of, you know, books mm-hmm. like that. I read books that the kind of the Craig Groeschel, um, Andy Stanley, Francis Chan, like those kind of like help me. Um, and I read books on student ministry. And then, man, the Bible has to be a part of my daily routine. So anyway, that was a long answer to a short question. <laughs> well, Joseph, thanks for being here. I want to do this again shortly, but uh, love having you here at Cannes. We love having you back in Oklahoma. If we can get you here and keep you here, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but thanks for all you do, and thank you for all your time today. Awesome. Thanks, Cody. I want to thank Joseph again for joining us today and make sure you follow him on social media. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, but don't forget we are hosting our first Synergy One Day with National Youth Director Heath Adamson on July 14th at Discovery Church in Yukon, Oklahoma. This is an event you don't want to miss and it will be a very intentional time to where you just get to sit and learn under Heath Adamson for a whole day. For more details on this event and what all is going to take place for a schedule or how to register, you can find all of that online at OklahomaYouthMinistries.com. But before we go, I want to make this extra plug. Uh, We're going to start a new segment to the show called Ask Doug. And really what we want to do is you have the opportunity to ask Doug Everard any question pertaining to ministry, to family life, to writing a sermon, to dealing with troubled students or even sponsors or board members or pastors or anything about life, how to get through difficult times. And if you have those questions, you can email them to us at youth at okag.org or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and contact us there. But please send us your questions because I know Doug would love to help you in any way that he possibly can. So once again, thanks for listening to this show. I'm Cody Phillips, and we'll see you next time.